Welcome to Enoch Baptist Church Podcast. This is your host, C.B. Baker, alongside your pastor, Dr. Michael G. Daniels. Um, I also like to give a shout out to all the people out there that's listening to the podcast that are not members of the church. But if you'd like to come by the church and, and hear the word by um, Dr. Daniels, our address is 5641 Herbert Moore Road. It's the Campus East section of the city of Virginia Beach. That is 5641 Herbert Moore Road. Now, getting on to our next part of our series, which is the Marriage and Relationship Series, we got a good one for you. Um, Dr. Daniels hit me up on the phone, my text message, and says the next part is how to fight fair. And I was like, oh, wow, here we go. This is this is a good one that I got a lot of good input into and a lot of good questions that I'd like to be able to ask the pastor. So, Pastor Daniels, um, first off, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. And it's always a pleasure uh, to be here with you uh, at any time to discuss issues that will help individuals improve their lives. All right. So this is now this one here should improve, you know, every every married couple or anybody in, the, in a deep relationship or as we said last week, partnership um, to how to fight fair. Because a lot of times the the friction and the fighting is really what causes um, a lot of issues in the in the marriage and people just you know, quote unquote, playing the argument game or, you know, fighting to win when really no one really wins in a major argument, you know. So how how do we fight fair in a situation like this? Well, I, I would say, first of all, you know, and just kind of to echo what you said, um, the concept of fighting fair is not just important in marriages, but in any relationship. And that even includes uh, how one deals with their children, uh, because um, while we don't necessarily look at it as if we are fighting with our children, the bottom line is oftentimes when you find yourself constantly um, frustrated with your child and the way you're rearing them, sometimes because you're not fighting fair with even your children. And we certainly rarely fight fair um, with our, our spouses or significant others. And I think one of the primary reasons for that is that um, we, generally speaking, have unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. uh, for the person um, that we're in a relationship with. And when you have unrealistic expectations, um, frustrations mount, and those frustrations lead us then to take the gloves off, so to speak because our thought process is that that person is not even trying to do right. It's not that they're not trying to do right. It may be that our expectations of them are greater than their ability to, to do what we want them to do. Uh, and I also say this, that if you, you know, when I'm doing counseling, that the, the best way to gauge a couple is by the way that they, the way they fight. Uh, you can tell more about uh, a couple's relationship when you look at the way they fight than you can by what they fight about. Uh, because, uh, again, um, fighting fair, uh, fighting may not be the right term to use, but fighting fair simply means that we go by a set of rules. Right. Uh, it's kind of like when you're in a boxing match. You have to go by a set of rules or else someone gets disqualified. Right. If you fight fair, then the knockouts are not as difficult to deal with. Now you mentioned knockouts. So how did you know you? I've been in the fight with my wife, and and like clockwork, I lost the fight. Even when it's something that I brought up that was bothering me, it seems like how that happens a lot. Um, 
How do we combat that when you bring up an issue that you have and the funny thing happens along the way during a little discussion or argument where you end up apologizing at the end? So how do you combat that? Well, I'll say this. First of all, if you if you lost the fight, that means it wasn't a fair fight. Number one, because anytime there is a a fight uh, between a couple, there should be no winners or no losers. And that's the problem. One of the huge problems right there is that most of the time when couples um, have disagreements, their primary focus is to win the fight. And if your primary focus is to win the fight, you don't concentrate on the issue at hand. You concentrate on using a tactic that will get you out of the fight thinking that you are the better opponent in the fight. And so really nothing gets resolved. All you get is I won. And so if you if you get to that point, that right there is a signal, as I mentioned to you earlier, when I look at how a person fights, it tells me whether or not they're fighting fair or not. And so if it's a win or lose, uh, you're definitely not fighting fair. Uh, so, you know, based on what you just told me, uh, what that suggests to me is there are two things that are taking place just off the bat without even knowing anything about the details. One, uh, oftentimes couples rarely stick to the point is that mm-hmm. in, in the middle of the fight, somebody will switch gears in the fight, right. which causes you to feel like, wait a minute, maybe I am wrong. <laughs> well, if we stick to the issue, then it, it, won't, it won't happen that way. Uh, the other thing is that oftentimes uh, we don't deal with the issue when we should deal with it. If you wait more than 48 hours to deal with an issue, it's a non-issue. <laughs> you really should uh, look at the issue uh, either when it happens, within 24 hours, 48 hours after it happened. And you should also set a time limit on how long we're going to discuss the issue. And the reason why that is important is because then it forces you to stick to the issue and not get off point and jump to other things that really have nothing to do with you know the concern you have in the first place. Right. So when you, when you set that time limit on an issue, you know, you're in a, you're in the middle of the argument and somebody brings up something that happened two weeks ago that you had no, you know, no knowledge that there was an issue there. What's the, what's the advice you give for handling that or is do you address it then, you know, or send it right back to the original complaint? If you're in the middle of an issue, let's say if we're discussing, um, uh, someone who is spending too much money um, for leisure time. Let's just say that. Right. And in the middle of the discussion, a person brings up the fact that, well, you know, but you bought a car last year. I didn't say anything to you. Right. Well, what we have to do is say, well, you know what? What you said it may be valid. However, that doesn't get us to solving the problem we have right now. So before we go to that issue, let's finish this issue. That way you don't jump from issue to issue. Finish the one you're dealing with. And, 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 and it has to be established in, you know, when you, when you began to have the conversation that we're going to resolve this issue. And if you have something else you want to talk about, let's do that. Let's set a time to do it so we can always resolve everyone's issues. But if you keep jumping from issue to issue. What happens is you never resolve the one that you started out with. So your frustrations tend to get greater and greater. And so when your frustrations get greater, you stop fighting the issue, but you bring other things in and you start attacking things that have nothing to do with why you sat down in the first place. All right. So fighting fair and, and stick it to the point is, you know, seems to be, you know, 
you know, pastors, let's go ahead and just be real. It seems good on the surface, but as you say before, applying that is going to be difficult if the other person isn't willing to apply it. So at what point do I just walk? Can I walk away from the argument saying, you know what? You're not really hearing me. So therefore we need to, you know, um, address this a little bit later when you're able to hear me. Is it okay to do something like that? Well, let me uh, back you up a little bit. See, the the comment you just made is a, is a very good one. And it often happens because of what you just said. Uh, and let me go back and give a quick analogy. Um, if I'm in in a boxing ring and the referee never explains the rules, then I'm apt to do whatever I think is necessary to win. So if I come into a a debate with my spouse or whomever and we haven't laid the rules down initially, then it's, you know, I cannot expect them to follow rules that we've never discussed. So if I'm going to deal with a spouse or a significant other, one thing I need to do up front is we need to decide, we need to discuss the rules that we're going to go by, you know, and what we both agree on, it really is fighting fair. And that doesn't mean that we'll always follow those rules. Just right. like in any you know situation, there are people who break the rules. But at least now we have agreed upon the rules. So now we can always bring the person back to the fact, say, don't forget. Now, we agreed right. that we were not going to bring up the past when we're trying to discuss the present, that we need to discuss it you know, in a different forum. And once we have solved the past issue, we're not going to come back and bring it up again. You know, we, we've agreed we're going to stick to the point at hand. You know, we've agreed on these things. So one thing I tell couples is that, you know, when you have downtime, you know, when you're walking on the beach, when you're chilling out, those kind of things, you know, let's just talk about how we're going to communicate. Let's talk about those things at that point in time. So we can set some barriers and say, listen, you know, we recognize that we're not going to always agree, but let's agree on how we're going to disagree. Right. So we right. can put those points out there in the first place. So, you know, let me just say this. Let me give you a few points on, you know, again, what I consider to be fighting fair. Number one, if you're going to fight fair, Everybody has to agree to stick to the point. Just simple as that. Because if we're not going to stick to the point, it's not even having a discussion anyway. Right. Because, you know, it really um, does not add to the situation. Uh, no one should look at bringing a third party in. Oftentimes what people do is they'll say things like, well, uh, this person agrees with me or that person agrees with me or this is how my parents did it or this is how someone else did it. How they did it or whether they agree with you is irrelevant because they are not you. So you cannot say what works for the other, someone else uh, should work for you. Uh, as you mentioned before, the last thing you want to do is bring up past history. It, it, it hopefully is over with. And if we haven't resolved it, bringing it into this conversation is just going to make it a, a convoluted discussion. And so we'll never resolve the issue because we're trying to resolve too many things at one time. Uh, we have to agree not to make it personal. Uh, that becomes a big issue for a lot of people. You know, in the middle of the argument, if I'm not winning, I'm going to hit below the belt. If right, I think I'm right. losing, then I'm going to say, well, your mama ugly too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that has nothing to do with the discussion. So we always have to remember we're not going to make it personal. We're going to stay on point with what we're arguing about. I have to listen 
fully when we're arguing. We have to agree to that too, that, you know, you're not going to interrupt me. I'm not going to interrupt you. And I encourage people also to always listen. Uh, don't listen to respond. Listen mm-hmm. to understand. Right. Most people, uh, when they're in the middle of a discussion, they're so busy trying to get their point across that they'll cut you off in the middle of it. You know, they'll jump in and say, well, I know what you're talking about. No, you don't know what I'm talking about because I haven't finished my statement yet. Right. So listen, not just with your ears, but with your eyes, because you also want to experience the body language to say, well, you know, what are they trying to get across? Are they leaning forward? Are they leaning back? Do they appear to be angry? Do they appear to be sorrowful? You know, those kind of things you want to be dealing with so you can determine where to where to go next. The other thing I would say to folk is, is that um, you, you, you don't want to play the blame game. You know, it doesn't help to, to place blame because that's not going to solve the problem. But unfortunately, a lot of arguments um, are based on who did what and not on how we can resolve it. Uh, for example, if we're getting if we're going to be evicted within two weeks, if we don't come up with the rent, even if we do agree that I spent the money, we're still going to get evicted in two weeks. Right. So to argue about who did it is a waste of time at that point. What we need to do is say, you know, first of all, how are we going to resolve the problem of uh, resolving, you know, getting evicted? And then how are we going to make sure that this does not happen uh, again? So I'm just saying those are some of the key factors that we have to look at and saying, well, what is fighting fair? And, and how does how does that um, look when we are engaged in conversation with one another and agree on those aspects of it and do that while we're not angry. Do that right. while we're, you know, leisurely talking, that kind of thing. And then uh, it, it takes practice. I will say this up front. Right. Uh, very few people can fight fair uh, right off the bat. It's like any time you engage with anyone, you take a football game, basketball game, any sport, those individuals have been playing those sports mostly all their lives and they still need a referee right. because people still don't always follow the rules. So you also have to anticipate someone will not follow the rules. And don't get mad. Just anticipate it. So when they do not, you know, they they do um, veer off course, just bring them back by saying, remember, we agreed we weren't going to do this. We were going to stick to the point. So let's stick to the point. Once we finish the point, now let's talk about what what you want to talk about. You know, it's interesting that you said that um, the key word you said when we veer off is don't get mad. And that's one of the things that's really difficult to do when you're in any type of debate, you know, discussion or argument. If something hits a nerve, having that self-control to be able to say, "Okay, I got to stay calm because they're stating their point and I need to understand where they're coming from. Because if you get mad and just blow up, you're not going to get to a solution to the problem. You may even cause more problems, you know, so, so that's why I see people when they, when they go off and they have issues with other people. And like you said, they spend time trying to think of a response versus trying to understand what the person is really trying to get at. And once you understand what the person says, at that point you'd be like, okay, now I got it. And one thing I would like to say is you let a person know that you understand by repeating it 
back to them. You repeat it back to them. They said, is this what you're saying? To be clear that this is what I understand is this is what you're saying. Is this what you're trying to communicate to me? So if you're communicating that to me and you say yes, okay, then we can move on to my point or my rebuttal, so to speak, in that whole scenario. You're right. Now, but let me say this too now, and, and what you're saying is a great point. It certainly works great in business application, but I'm just going to point it out to you. You have to be careful about asking a spouse to repeat what you say. Uh, so, you, you know, it, 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 you can do that, but one way to do it is to just ask them, you know, am I making sense? It, right. it, 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 it's what I said. Does it make sense to you? Because, it, you know, it, you don't want the person to feel like you are speaking down to them. And, and but to get to your other point, you know, when you said um, about a person getting angry, you know, l- let's look at why they get angry. You know, and, and if you can deal with that, it's, it's easy to, to deal with it. When you're fighting fair, the, the, one of the things you really don't want to do is assume you know my motive for doing what I did or saying what I said. What gets people angry is not what you do, is what they think your motive was for doing it. And so when people think that you are seeking to harm them, that's when the anger comes about, when they assume your motive. And I'm going to give you a, a prime example, and I'm going to take this, you know, I'm going to raise this to the nth degree. Okay. Uh, let's say for the sake of argument that your wife comes home and uh, you're up in the bedroom and you got two other girls up there and both of them are, are, are naked and both of them are hollering and screaming, hallelujah, they're having a great time, you're having a great time. Now, the first thing she's going to say is, how could you do this to me? Right. She assumed a motive that it was done to her. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't done to her because you won't plan on getting caught. You weren't trying to hurt her. Right. And she may have gotten hurt, but you're not trying to hurt her. But she, she takes it in like you were trying to do her damage, like you brought them home as if that was something you was trying to do. That's not when your motive, your motive could have been that you were just so depressed you were getting ready to commit suicide. And that was the only thing that got you out of it, at least that you thought would get you out of it. So that's what you did. Right. Now, again, uh, it may not have been a rational thing for you to do. Right. But that's what you believe would keep you from committing suicide. Now, if she cannot try to place that and say, well, his motive was to hurt me, his motive was to do this, then uh, it changes things. Now, I'm not saying she still won't leave you, but right. at least she won't kill you <laughs> for, right. for doing it. So and if you look at it in a normal, everyday conversation, uh, and it's the same thing that, that people often do, is that they want to presume that they know why you did something when they really don't. And oftentimes, the person themselves don't know why they did it. Right. And so you can ask them, why did you do this? Again, I take it to like a family. If you're arguing with your child, and again, that's why I say you should even fight fair with your child. Because you can ask your child, why did you do this? And the child say, I don't know. And we won't believe them. Yeah. We'll say, yes, you do know too. And the child really <laughs> doesn't know why they did it. Right. They just did it because they are a child. And so you can't assume a motive. If you don't assume a motive, you don't get as frustrated because you don't assume the person is lying to you when they do tell you why they did it. 
So that kind of reduces the the anger part of it. Uh, and again, you know, when you talked about, you know, repeating again, I mean, I'm not saying it's a good technique because what it does is help clarify things. But I think a part of a person's um, um, misconception, too, is that if you understand me, you agree with me. And that's yeah. that's that's the thing that we have to get away from, because if I think that your understanding me will mean you will agree with me, I'm assuming that you won't still be mad. So I might want you to try to force you to say, well, you don't understand me. You don't understand me. Yeah, I do understand you. It's okay for me to understand you and not agree. The key to to dealing with that is to recognize when I am debating a fact and when I am debating an opinion. And again, I can't stress that enough because few people argue facts. They right. argue opinion and don't realize that's what they're doing. Uh, you know, I, I, one of the examples I give all of my married couples uh, when I'm uh, doing um, counseling is I ask them um, whether or not they think it is warm or cold or cool in the room. And never do I get the same answer from both of them. <laughs> right. One will say, I think it's warm. The other one will say, kind of cool to me. Now, I ask them who's right. And, and they'll go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then I'll say, well, you know, based on my thermostat, it's 73 degrees. Can we argue about that? And everybody says, well, no, it's 73 degrees. I say, you know, you're right. That's because you guys were arguing about your opinion. Right. But we need to be dealing with the fact. See, if we have a problem in our relationship, the question is, what are the facts? What are the facts? Facts you don't need to argue about because they are what they are. Right. Unless you're Donald Trump, then you <laughs> argue the facts. But reasonable alternative people, facts right, at that alternative point. facts. Reasonable <laughs> people don't argue facts; they argue opinions. And so you have to get the facts on the table. Then the argument is over with quickly. Now, once we know the facts, the issue is: well, if I did it or did not do it, um, you know, will I do it again? We don't need to argue about that either. Right. Because if I say I'm not going to do it again, you can yell at me all day long and say I don't believe you. It won't change whether or not I will do it again. Right. <laughs> because you're yelling at me more won't make me not do it again. Either I, I won't or I will. So arguing with me about it is not the issue. What you have to decide is what will you do if I do it again? And that's not an argument because now right. you're just talking to yourself. Right. So basically in a nutshell, self-control is, is the real underlying um, at the core of um, being able to fight fair is having self-control over yourself, of course, <clears throat> because you really can't control how the other person acts or reacts to what you're saying or how the situation goes. But if you're following the rules uh, that you have established and you have self-control, a lot of times, a lot of the issues that we may come into with arguing go away. Absolutely. Because the, the key to fighting fair is the key to doing anything in life is following the rules, you know, following the rules. If you follow the rules, you seek solution. You don't seek to be right. And again, that's that that probably is one of the uh, things that most couples fall into is that they're so busy trying to demonstrate they are right. They don't worry about what the solution is to the problem. But really, the reason why we are debating this is because we want to find a solution, not because we want to determine who's right or who's wrong. Obviously, 
obviously I thought I was right. That's why I did what I did. And obviously you think you're right. That's why you're mad about what I did. Right. So both of us think we're right. So this, to try to debate who's right really doesn't make sense. We both can be right, but we both can still change what we do. You know, you can be right in spending your money. It is your money. You have a right to spend it. I can be right in not wanting to spend my money. It's my money. I can be, you know, I have a right to save it. But right. that don't mean that's the best thing for our relationship. So both of us are right, but that doesn't mean we're doing what's good for the relationship. So what we have to get away from is who's right and say, how do we solve the problem? So how do we solve the problem if we there inconsistencies in how we manage our money? We develop a plan. The plan has nothing to do with who's right and who's wrong. plan has nothing to do with who knows more, who doesn't know more. The plan has something to do with where we're trying to go. And if we're trying to get to a certain place, let's look at what it will take to get us there. It has nothing to do with who's right or wrong. That's just the fact of this is what it will take to get us there. If the car costs $10,000, we need $10,000. Right. That's simple. So how do we save to get it? So now it's not a debate about my way or your way. It's just we need $10,000. And if you say we're going to save $1,000 a month, we're going to buy the car in one year. But if I say we're going to save $500 a month, it's going to be two years. The issue just now becomes do we want it in one year? Do we want it in two years? It boils down to need. If we don't need it now, you know, we deal with it, you know, based on that. But we always deal with the facts and not opinions. And we don't get mad because your way is not my way. Right. Now, how do we, Pastor, how do we um, deal with a situation where you made the quote unquote, you made me feel bad or you made me feel this way, but there's no tangible evidence of of that a factual type thing to get to that point to finding out the understanding how a person quote unquote feels you know in a negative way well uh, again let me go back to something I said previously when a person says you made me feel a certain way what they are uh, alluding to is you tried to do it you tried to hurt me right? And because uh, if they don't think you tried to hurt them then they're not as upset you know and, and neither are you so um, I, I know for myself let's say oftentimes when I'm in the pulpit there will be people that get upset um, because of some of the things I say in the pulpit because for some reason in their minds they think that I am trying to hurt them or that I know what's going on personally in their lives. And so that bothers them because right. you know, I'm sure it touched them, but their thinking is I'm trying to do something. I don't have a clue what's going on in your home life. You know, I really don't. So if I say something from the pulpit that causes them pain, well, because I was trying to hurt them, I'm preaching to an excess of a thousand people. Right. And so I'm just putting the word out there. I'm not picking at one person or the other person, but what they're doing is they're assuming my motives. They're thinking that my motive is to say something against them. So usually when they come and talk to me and it takes a while, they may go through three or four other people rather than coming directly to me. Right. When it gets back to me and I explain to them, I didn't know what was going on in your life. As a matter of fact, if you hadn't said something, I still wouldn't know. Right. And so when we say that and we kind of, you know, get that out of the way, then it lessens things because they understand now he wasn't trying to hurt me. So my point is that one of the key things is, is trying to not 
con- not think that we understand that person's motive, but simply ask them, what were your motive? Because that's what we call accidents. Things that happen that we didn't mean to happen. Right. But that don't mean it doesn't happen. So again, if 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 I'm at a red light and you and I and, and my light turns green and I go through, and that means your light is red now and you hit me, uh, you certainly hurt me. But I don't feel like you tried to attack me because right. I don't take it personal. I just know what you did this, but your intention wasn't to hit me. When I know a person, oftentimes they think my intention was to do something, and that's what bothers them. So that's what we got to look at. What was the person's intention? And to recognize that if I'm in a relationship with you, there's no benefit to me trying to hurt you. You're here to hear, people. Thank you so much, Pastor Daniels, for um, part three of this series, which is How to Fight Fair. Once again, uh, this will be coming out every week. We're going to series. We'll stop at number five. This is number three. So please stay tuned. And we'll also have a new part every week. Thank you so much. Till next time. If you like what you heard here today, you can come here. Dr. Daniels deliver the word at Enoch Baptist Church at 5641 Herbert Moore Road in the city of Virginia Beach. That is 5641 Herbert Moore Road in the city of Virginia Beach. It's in the campus east section of the city. If you'd like to connect with us on social media, you can find us on both Facebook and Instagram at Enoch Baptist Church. If you'd like to follow Dr. Daniels on Twitter, his handle is at Daniels 1613. That is at Daniels 1613. And if you'd like to follow myself, CB Baker, you can follow me on Instagram and all other social media outlets at the real CB Baker. That is at the real CB Baker. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. See you this Sunday.